welcome to the Homegrown Sunshine Podcast, the place where we gather to discuss the art, the practice, the highs and the lows of cultivating a wholesome and culturally diverse home education culture for you and your entire family. My name is Kainana Winarena and I am a proud homeschooler. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome and introduce you to our host, my amazing mum, Alberta Stevens. Hello, lovely ones. Welcome to episode three of the Homegrown Sunshine podcast with your host, Alberta Stevens. Today, as part of our new series on home ed rituals and practices, I will continue my conversation with my dear friend, Claire Carberry, whom you met last week about her practices and rituals around our current season of Lent. Lent for me, like Advent, is one of those very important events in the um, Christian calendar that never fully came alive until I began home educating. Don't get me wrong, I've always been big on Easter, as I am on Christmas. Um, However, the quiet periods leading up to the festivities, when we as Christians ought to be preparing for our spiritual encounter on the special um, celebration like Easter, was slightly lost on me. Why? I don't know, possibly because over time the commercialization of Easter and Christmas has shifted our focus from, you know, our spiritual practices to the excitement of celebrating the event itself. Since my son was old enough to remember, I have always made a song and dance about Easter. We've dyed and decorated eggs, we've hidden them in gardens near and far, We've organised egg hunts and sent out Easter-themed cards, and we've always attended church on Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Four years ago, I was um, introduced to the idea of Easter gardens, which I later used in a Sunday school session. I got so excited about the practicality of the idea and how the children caught the vision of it that I organised a an Easter activity for my church's local community to pass on the idea to as many Christian families as I could. Yet, none of these Easter activities prepared me or my child for the life-changing effects that Lent could have in forming the atmosphere and character of our family until I started homeschooling. But before I go on to tell you about my homeschooling journey into Lenten rituals, Let me clarify what Lent is for the benefit of those of you who might not know. Lent is a period of penitential preparation of our hearts and minds for a spiritual encounter in remembrance of what Jesus achieved for us on Good Friday and Easter. Starting from Ash Wednesday, Christians spend 40 days excluding Sundays, fasting, praying and doing good in imitation of Jesus' time in the wilderness before starting his public ministry. Back to my story. So, in our first year of homeschooling, I was determined to follow all the rituals of the seasons of nature, as well as celebrate the festivities of my faith. When it was autumn, we brought autumn into our home. We gathered, studied and drew different types and colours of leaves, read autumnal poems, sang seasonal hymns. The same followed for winter, for Advent, Christmas and spring. And then there was Lent. Pause. When we got to Lent, I knew I was out of my depth, so I reached out to the only two 
long-term home ed Christian mum friends I knew at the time. The first one, who like me was evangelical and quite practical, directed me to Pinterest and said, you're going to find so much advice from many home ed, you know, Christians, especially Catholic mums on Pinterest. And she didn't lie. I was literally overwhelmed and it didn't help me. My other friend, being Catholic and therefore predisposed to the traditions of observing Lent, drew me in and opened up an entire world that just became this magical and heartwarming experience of Lent in my home. So I thought I'd bring that friend in again today and um, and let you hear from the horse's mouth. So before I do so, grab yourself a cuppa, pull a chair, as we take a quick break before Claire, Carberry and I sit to discuss a few tips and ideas to inspire what's left of your Lenten rituals and practices for this season. Before then, let's pause for some timely poetry reflection. Good Friday by Christina Rossetti Am I a stone and not a sheep, that I can stand, O Christ, beneath thy cross, to number drop by drop thy blood's slow loss, and yet not weep? Not so those women loved, who with exceeding grief lamented thee. Not so fallen Peter, weeping bitterly. Not so the thief was moved. Not so the sun and moon, which hid their faces in a starless sky, a horror of great darkness at broad noon. I, only I, yet give not o'er. But seek thy sheep, true shepherd of the flock, greater than Moses, turn and look once more, and smite a rock. Who doesn't love a bit of Christina Rossetti? Welcome back, everyone. And welcome back, Claire. It's a pleasure to have you back on here again today. So, today I'd like us to turn our attention to your Lenten practices. Last week when we met, we talked a lot about your daily and weekly rituals around the Charlotte Mason framework, um, uh, as well as some of your um, spiritual practices, but specifically this time, as we are in the period of Lent, uh, I think it will be good for you to share with us, especially being a Catholic, how you build an atmosphere around an otherwise solemn period for your children at home. Yes. I remember, as I, I've said before, when I started looking at the seasons and wanting my atmosphere at home to reflect the seasons, be that sort of nature seasons or sort of um, festivities, um, when it came to Lent two, two or three years ago, I didn't quite know what to do. <laughs> I knew what to do for Easter, but I didn't really know what to do in terms of the run up to Easter. And, and at that time, it became really apparent to me that we have six weeks and all I did in the past was fast. And, and I knew yeah. that that would mean something to my son, but I wanted it to be richer. I wanted there to be exactly an atmosphere around Lent and for it to come alive. And you were one of the first people I ran to and said, well, how do you do Lent at home? And, That's right. Uh, yes, you were. You and um, another, a mutual friend of ours sent me off to Pinterest, which was really, really helpful, but slightly overwhelming. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and um and and you we had a conversation you introduced me to Arnold Itchredi um yeah. and and some of your Lenten practices like your Lenten table and and the stations of the cross and different things that you did which yeah. were all new to me but just amazing okay. in 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 the way that it brought Lent alive in my home that that it wasn't just a time where I fasted it was also a time for learning and making that a, a real um, ritual or experience that my son can carry through to his own family in the future. So I just thought yeah. it'd be so good to hear from you um, about how you do Lent at home within, okay. the, you know, Great. your family. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay, I'd love to talk about that because yes. um, <laughs> yes, there's, there's a lot to say about that as well. I think so. That's changed in a little in little ways. Uh, over the years, partly because, our, you know, the, it looks different when the children are very much smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we can all participate in things like evening prayers. We can participate in them more fully or the stations of the cross and so mm-hmm. on. So we always start on Ash Wednesday by mm-hmm. um, going and receiving our ashes. And in fact, this year was different because of the COVID situation. What they did was sprinkle the ashes on our head instead of make oh, the, um, the sign of the cross mm. with, the, with the ashes um and I was in fact I wasn't sure whether they were going to do this even this so mm. I was kind of preparing because I've still got the palm from last year and I was preparing to burn our palms and mix them with a little bit of water and have our own little sort of domestic mm. church Ash Wednesday um service but the but it was we went up to our church and they did have they were imposing the ashes as they call it but they sprinkled and I quite liked this some people mm. weren't happy about this but I quite liked having the ashes sprinkled on on our heads because I felt that it did away with that conundrum that I always feel when I've come away with a splodge of ash on my forehead and I think oh you know am I sort of rather proudly sort of you know rocking my ashes and, and being you know is it better to wipe them off right and be or, or, what's more humble to have my ashes or to wipe them off I don't know I don't know so, right. so not I'm a always, very good look if you want to have makeup on on the day but anyway <laughs> well I just sometimes you, you can be proudly swanking your yeah, ashes like, absolutely like, yeah sort of depends on what's going on inside mm. but I always had this little dilemma so I was quite pleased mm. to have the ashes sprinkled on my head instead I just thought that was so that did away with that dilemma anyway so we start with our ashes and we have uh stations across the images of the stations which I bought actually many many years ago from eBay some gorgeous mm. antique French stations across which are hung all the way up our stairs and so we gather at the bottom of the stairs right. and we've got these stations of the cross that are hung all the way up the stairs so it's a bit of a squash and a squeeze we sort of make our way up the stairs and we do the stations of the cross that's usually on a Wednesday mm-hmm. and a Friday during Lent in normal time when the churches are open normally we usually go to the church as well maybe one day a week mm-hmm. we'll go to the church and make our way around usually with uh, a couple of other home ed families we do the Stations of the Cross with the children. That has been really lovely mm. when we've had very, very small children. You know, there's a moment in the Stations of the Cross, you, you pause at each station. I don't, some of your listeners won't be very familiar with the Stations of the Cross, but it's, it represents the, the points of Christ's, of our Lord's passion. And, um, uh, so the, the agony in the garden or his Christ is sort of falls for the first time. Mm. All of these things, you stop, you pause, you contemplate the picture. And there's a point in each one where we all kneel together and we say, we adore you, Christ, and we praise you. 
because mm. by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Beautiful. And I find it quite moving mm. to be with little children and they all kneel down in unison together mm. and, you know, in whatever manner they're able, they make their responses. But there's, there's something really, really lovely about moving through the Stations of the Cross. And um, so we do that. Um, we are in the habit anyway of saying the rosary at night. Most nights we say the rosary. Um, so we continued that during Lent. But one of the things that, that I do when we say the rosary is I've, um, because it's, the rosary is a contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. And so said in the group, it can be just a sort of, you're just mm-hmm. reciting mm-hmm. our fathers and Hail Marys. And, mm-hmm. But what the idea is really with the rosary that you're meant to be contemplating the mysteries of our Lord's life. Mm-hmm. And really that the, the Hail Marys in between are like a pious timekeeping device. Keep you in that place of contemplation. So I tell my children not to worry too much about it, just say the prayer. But they don't need to be thinking very deeply about the words that they're saying. At least their tongue has been occupied saying wholesome words. The angelic salutation has been repeated and repeated. But really what we're meant to be doing is keeping is thinking. So I try to use for the rosary, I try to use images that they can look at right. because well, it helps me to look at an image. It helps me to, if I'm meant to be contemplating mm-hmm. something, it helps me if I can look at an image. So they, they do that or they cut. So there's a colouring in book actually of the rosary, but sometimes they will colour mysteries when they're, when they're praying them. Mm. But because it's a sort of, it's not the easiest prayer to enter into mm-hmm. the rosary. It's not immediately. As a child. Of, um, mm. as a, yeah. Even for an adult, actually, mm. I think it can be quite challenging because it really, you're just basically repeating, you know, ten Hail Marys and singing Our Father, then right. ten, Our Father, and then ten Hail Marys. Its appeal isn't very obvious, right? And it's something that has to sort of work its way into you. I think right. that, that slowing down and contemplating. So we we've made a habit of having uh, a pot of tea and some chocolates. And that's been our habit when we say that, just so that apparently the old Jewish sages, when they were teaching boys before they did their bar mitzvah, <laughs> they used to put a bit of honey on the boy's tongue so that he would remember that God's word is sweet. Honey on it was the a lips, little sweet yeah. So yes. I was sort of inspired. A little bit like poetry tea time, isn't it? Spoonful of sugar. Yes, exactly, Alberta. <laughs> it's like that. You yeah. want them to have a good association with yes. this time, not yes. just come kind of like, oh, I've got yes. to get through this. So um, so it's been our habit to have a lovely tray of tea with mm. some special little treats. And um, maybe, if, you know, if it's if it's cold weather, we've got the fire on. Very like poetry mm. tea time. That's, mm. a really good, it's, that's a really good analogy. It's mm. like that. You want it to be a really lovely time. But during Lent, I wasn't really willing to sort of just make it a, a completely penitential experience mm-hmm. because I don't want prayer to feel, especially for the children, I want, to, I want them to be able to pray and contemplate. So we take away the chocolates, but we have digestive biscuits. Right. So I mean, it's not very, I mean, it's, it's a little sign that it's Lent, mm-hmm. but it's not terribly penitential. We do have um, a lovely pot of tea and digestive yeah. biscuits because I kind of want to keep that going somehow, but yes. we won't have the, the luxe chocolates that we normally have yes. in the evening um, with our with our rosary. And I try to encourage them to contemplate, I try to remind them in between that we're meant to be contemplating yeah. you know, the agony in the garden or, or the Annunciation or yeah. the visitation, you know, to uh, Elizabeth or whatever, that, that I want them to sort of get into the habit of that. Mm. Anyway, so, so this is something, the rosary is something we do all year round, but in Lent it's slightly different. 
just slightly more penitential, but ever so slightly more. Yeah. Um, children make their own decisions about what they're going to give up. Yes. But it's always chocolate. I mean, right. we, we, and so this is always... what you do for fasting, because that was the next thing I was going to ask. I mean, you do prayer and then fasting. You you, you do that slightly differently, don't you? So the children make their own decisions about if, they're, if they've got any personal things that they're going to give up. Um, but they always give up chocolate. And then there's something else. And I say to them that they can share it with us if they want, or they don't have to share it with us. But we're going to cut out chocolate. That's mm. an easy one to sort of mm. um, to cut out. So. We're in the habit. The other day, we went, we met up in the park with a friend, and um, we're in the habit of getting a little hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have steamed milk instead. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a little sort of reminder, right. but it's just a, that bit more. It's still a treat, right? Yeah. But it's just a bit more penitential. This is the season of Lent. We also, sorry, I forgot. We also learn a hymn. So I used to spend ages trying to prepare for this and then printing off a hymn, and you know, and then I was always way late because mm-hmm. you know at halfway through Lent I might sort of introduce something <laughs> that I wanted to do at the beginning um but Which now happens. that they're a bit bigger yeah. I get them to choose the hymn so mm-hmm. in our hymn book it's divided into sort of sections so there's hymns that are appropriate to Lent so this year they've chosen 40 days and 40 nights so I really recommend learning a classic hymn by yes. heart yes. because it's very much like poetry it's beautiful they're beautifully written they're theologically rich yeah and um the language is just so sort of gorgeous and they yeah. have a great sort of they, it gives them a lot of pleasure to be able to sing a hymn from start to finish knowing all the words and yeah. it comes back to you and i'm convinced that it'll come back to them even in their sort of golden older years that's the beauty of hymns and poems isn't it it's like charlotte mason says it's almost like a gallery in your mind that um, you could always revisit Um, yes such a good point we've we've done something similar this year i i asked kynan to choose the hymn um and he's chosen the old rugged cross which um and we're looking at the composer as well who's an american um sort of reading about his life so it's his job to to teach me the hymn this year because i find he's more engaged when he has a task that he has to do and <laughs> he takes it very seriously yeah. has some authority over yeah. me so no it's such a, a a good one yeah good idea yeah. good idea get him to teach you well, what i do in fact i was doing it today at lunchtime with the girls we were singing it and I say, okay, so we're going to sing the first, they've committed the first three verses to memory much more quickly than me, but we'll take turns on our own to mm-hmm. sing it. Mm-hmm. And then if, if you get, if you have difficulty, you just pause at one point. Mm-hmm. Somebody will give you the next word. Yes. And then you, so somebody will have the book or the words in front of them if they need them and they'll give you the next word or the next two words or three words or to get you back on the yes. track. And that's how we learn. We tend to go a verse at a time. Yes. Each person around the table does it alone, but with some prompting if necessary. And then it's quite, I found it quite an effective way of. Yeah. Um, well, we do that yes, with poetry as well, Claire. It's exactly the yes. same. We, we would read it yes. repeatedly, you know, a couple of times and it's amazing what sticks. And then we'll, yeah. we'll try a line. Um, and yeah. I'll read a line and he'll recite the next and he'll read a line, I'll yeah. recite the next and go on. This is such a great it's way. That. It's yeah. really effective, isn't it? It's very it simple. It really is, but yeah. Before you know it, you're, and the great thing about these things is that you then find yourself, you know, you're walking the park or you're driving somewhere or you're on a bus somewhere and it becomes part of your conversation. Or, Can you remember that poem? That yes. What's the next line? Yeah. You start sharing conversations about these things i mean it, it's it's part of the sort of beauty of yes it comes a shared like language 
for you in your home. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, it does. Yes. So I wanted to talk also about, about reading. You were talking about reading aloud. So yeah. you mentioned Arnold Etridi or mm. Etried or however, not quite sure how you pronounce the name. So the book Arnold's mm. Adventure has been a complete sort of staple mm. for us mm-hmm. in previous years. You recommended that to me, and what a beautiful story! Really, really. Isn't it? Mm. Isn't it? I think they should make a film out of it. I they think really it'd be a really to. lovely film, wouldn't it? It's yeah. Quite, it's, a, it's just a wonderful. He's a really wonderful storyteller. When I tell it, when I read it aloud, I change some of the some of the words, some of the way he speaks. It's a bit American, so I sometimes put it back into the way uh, the an, an English, a more English idiom. Okay. Um, it's such a great. You know when people say. Americans tend to say out the window or mm-hmm. out the door. Mm-hmm. We say, well, go, oh, it goes out of the door. Mm-hmm. But they'll say out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why that particular <laughs> it's just example comes, yes. Mm-hmm. The, the language doesn't always, doesn't always flow naturally from my tongue. So mm-hmm. I'll kind of just make little alterations as I go. Claire, do you mind if we just pause for a minute so I can read an excerpt from Ahman's Adventure, which I think would be really beneficial to listeners who may be looking for books to read um, at this time. So Ahman's adventure starts with a a Bible verse um, from Joel 2.13. Render your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Ahman's Adventure is a devotional story designed to carry you through the season of Lent. As you and your family read through the adventures of Ahman and his friends each day, spend some time reflecting on God's working in your lives. It is my hope and prayer that you will discover a new, the fresh and revitalizing power of the resurrection. Use Ahman's Adventure with your friends, your family or by yourself and prepare yourself for the celebration of Easter. Prepare yourself by rending your heart, opening it up to hear what the creator wants to say to you. So um, I hope that gives you a glimpse of what this devotional book is, is about. It really is a story of a boy coming of age. Um, he's 13. He's about to uh, uh, officially enter into the synagogue. And then something tragic happens in his family's life. And, and the story unfurls in a way that he has to clear his father's name. And in so doing, he encounters Jesus and many of the biblical um, characters that are, that appeared around the resurrection story. It's such a powerful story about a boy. You know, he's, I think he's about 13 and um, it, it shows his character transforming from one spectrum to another throughout and how you know, um, him becoming um, acquainted with Jesus really matures him. But what I really like about the story is how the idea of masculinity is defined around spiritual awakening or spiritual awareness rather than other forms that we find in the world today um, and, 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 and also mental strength um, and, and courage and all these beautiful uh, uh, virtues that we find in many of the traditional heroic story. So I'll let you continue, Claire. I just thought we'd pause there so that we I could give the, 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 the listeners a glimpse of what this um, story is about. So this year we've decided, well, I've decided um, to do something a little bit 
different. Somebody, a friend of mine, um, I've never met, but he's a friend online um, from Nigeria. His father wrote a book about St. Peter Claver. Um, and I've decided to read the book with the girls, the book about St. Peter Claver. Right. Um, with the girls. I mean, it's a little bit above their... Um, above their understanding but I really want them it's such a beautiful book and the fact that the author is the father of this lovely person who I met on Twitter on Twitter actually mm-hmm. but very sort of gentle lovely thoughtful man mm-hmm. and he very kindly posted had this book posted to me for free from Nigeria and it's been sitting on my bookshelf and I just thought mm-hmm. you know I'm going to read this book about St Peter Claver he was mm-hmm. a missionary to slaves right and um, it's such a, a, a sort of inspiring story. And he, he himself, he, you know, he died actually not terribly well cared for. He died being looked after, ironically, by a slave, a freed slave who sort of neglected him, unfortunately. And mm-hmm. it's rather sad, um, not particularly poetic ending yeah. to his life. But his life is extremely inspiring and, yeah. and um noble so i'm gonna i'm gonna read about st peter claver it sounds like something that we might bring you on to have you tell us a bit about that story because i'm intrigued now about who st peter claver is and i'm sure listeners might be but tell me about how you give so we've talked about you know prayer we've talked about fasting um what what does alms giving look like for you during lent at home how do you share with others right so um what we try to do, okay, so we'll, there's, there's our giving, our regular giving, which mm-hmm. will be, um, to the sort of various charities that we support, or there's also a little box in the church, uh, it's called St. Anthony's, for the box for the poor, mm-hmm. but the, the children are encouraged to put their own money in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, as other than just that regular stuff, and here we try, if we see somebody on mm-hmm. the street, Mm-hmm. to talk to them and buy something for them. This is not a regular event, mm-hmm. I'm afraid, because mm-hmm. we're not often not just don't have the opportunity. But I'm yeah. trying to have I'm trying to ha- I'm trying to walk. When I walk with the girls, I'm trying to walk with the with readiness right. so that I can give somebody mm-hmm. even not not always necessarily it's a it's a problem with people who are homeless. So mm. it's not always necessarily very wise to give them money. So yeah. I want to be ready to um go and get them a coffee or just Mm -hmm. spend a bit of time with them or say Mm -hmm. a prayer with them Mm -hmm. Um, but I want the children to be comfortable with engaging with people like that I mean it's we often talk about that because it's this is something that I don't want my children to just be sort of wandering up to strangers of course yes and I want them to understand the need to be not to just walk past mm, those to people. not be desensitized to seeing people like yeah, that yes yeah. mm. so i, I have know what you mean mm. about that so but i say to them i would prefer them to just be with me just send and watch because i'll have conversations that right. they, they will just sort of observe they right. don't generally participate in, but um so they we often have conversations about that that it's this isn't something i particularly want them to do right not now so it's different for me yes um, but I actually, in terms of arms giving, I also want them to, so we, we have a, we had a conversation today at lunchtime about this because Honor gave the bulk of the crisps to Mary Evelyn and she said, 
that that was arms giving. <laughs> she was having to share out the crisps in, at lunchtime, and she decided to give to give Mary Aitken the lion's share. Aww. And she said it was arms giving, and I said yes, okay, that counts. I mean, that's fine. That's yes, it's a sacrifice. So, yes, it's a sacrifice. I mean, oh. you know, okay. I'm. She wanted to tick the arms giving box, <laughs> so I said okay. That's you know that's fine. That's fine. It's kind of a, a. I was pleased that there was that consciousness of making yeah. a sacrifice and not being not being greedy. So yeah, um, but the girls. So are, that- sorry, Claire. I was just going to say that the girls are quite creative as well, and yeah. I know that they do make things that they share out with their friends. I wonder if there are any particular, you know, creative activities or art that you do at this time that you give out to people. Well, we have in the past, but not doing anything this year so we've done things like um we've made a cross with mm. i think we haven't given it out to people actually but we've made a cross with cocktail sticks in it okay and they would be taking out a, cock, a, a cross made of sort of clay yes it's made of clay. i'm trying to remember now yeah, it's made yeah we've just made one clay. of those actually that needs to go in the oven yeah yeah and then when they did a good deed, they could take the cocktail stick out. So they were taking out these sort of uh, thorns, if you like. Oh. Um, or the other thing was crown of thorns that had um, cocktail sticks in it, and they could take a cocktail stick out of the crown of thorns. We haven't actually done that this year, and I don't know why. We just didn't. What we've done is we've we've got um, pictures of, we've got a, a sort of journey, so mm-hmm. a, a, a Lenten journey that they they colour in a brick on the path every day right. as Lent, so they can track Lent progressing towards mm-hmm. Holy Week. Mm-hmm. And um, and they ha- and we have um, a little. Well, there's different images. So I've got a I've got a crown of thorns, and I think Mary Avon's got a leaf, and so is Anna. I think a palm leaf. And every day we colour in our palm leaf. Or, our, or our, a thorn on our crown thorns. It's, it's, if you manage to, on the day before, to keep your resolutions, then you get to colour it in purple. Beautiful. If you didn't, then you colour so it in So that works red. as your Lenten calendar, as it were. Yeah, that's mm. our Lenten calendar. So mm. we haven't been particularly creative this year in terms of, of, uh, of that sort of thing, but uh, we've, we're just doing colouring in our Lenten calendar. Yeah, that's it. But there's quite, quite reading rich. So mm-hmm. we're reading, oh, I've also revisiting um a children's story bible which i had years ago for gabriel and i don't think the girls have seen so i decided that i was going to make that our lenten reading along with saint peter clover mm-hmm. i was going to read that with them brilliant so yeah brilliant. so what else do wow. we do do you do any quiet time any sort of contemplative sort of you know quite i mean i know you mentioned the rosary um contemplating on that but do you have yes. any sort of because for me that's a real important one for us it's it's i would say that comes under fasting because we are such a a word rich home that to have a moment of quiet no music no audio no podcast just being quiet by ourselves it's very very hard um i i, I know that some people try do that as part of their daily rhythm at home um but but i find that really hard <laughs> so just kind of I find that, yeah um, I think I, do you, you do know, anything like that it's very hard mm. i i think so we do that um much more successfully in church so right. we will visit the church and spend 
you know, maybe 10 minutes, I mean, not very long, mm. but we will spend 10 minutes um, in a sort of quiet contemplation. In fact, I've got a book um, called um, Praying in the Presence of Our Lord. Mm. It's a book for children, which I um, also, it's on my sort of, on my stack of books that I want to go through with them because it's got lots of suggestions for that. Um, I've read it before, but I want to just revisit it because it gives children, it's specifically for children, to encourage children to sort of enter into the sort of quietly enter into the presence of the Lord. It's very, I mean, it's cha- very challenging because it's challenging for us. And so it's very hard to pass on mm. something that you're not very good at yourself. Yes, <laughs> I must admit. I must yeah. admit, yeah. So I prefer to say to them, I always prefer to say, if I'm not very good at something, to make that a strength rather than a weakness. Right. And kind of... Not, not kind of blag it and try mm. and pretend that I've got mm. <laughs> that I'm better at this time. I always try and say, look, I really want to get. So I, so I would say, I say to the children, look, this is something I want to do. I really want to just sit for ten minutes in front of our Lord and be mm. able to sort of pray meditatively to mm. to to in, in quiet prayer, be able to commune with Him, or just allow myself to just look at Him. Mm. Mm. Um, but I'm very, very distractible, very, very easy to, to distract me. So I find it helpful when I talk like that. They tend to sort of um, be more into sort of wanting to support right. that you, process. Yes, yes, I understand Rather that. And I think it's so honest as well um, and, and wise to suggest maybe 10 minutes interval for something as difficult yeah. as that. Um, I must yeah. admit, I do say that you can read we can both read in that time. It's just not having any background noise, which we both tend to rely on when yeah. we are by ourselves. Um, me in particular, I do love my podcast and audio books when I'm quiet. Um, but I yeah. think 10 yeah, minutes too. is quite... Too. Yeah. Although we do have, I wouldn't call it contemplative prayer time, but we do have quiet time during the day. Right. So we would have time when we just have to sit with books mm-hmm. and read them. And and there isn't we don't share about the books. I mean, it does happen actually that sharing happens, but I try to discourage it. So I might listen, but then say, okay, but this is meant to be quiet time. Let's just sort of try and because I can't read my book. I try to discourage that kind of too much of that kind of thing. But we, but the idea is yes that we that we don't have anything on that we're quiet in the front room or wherever, mm-hmm. and we're reading. And mm-hmm. and I'll say, look, you know, we're just going to have twenty minutes of this, and then we can talk about what we've read. Yeah. But please try not to tell me. Yeah. Every time you get a new thought about what you're reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which can be so hard sometimes. I I, I have that. Um, can't, my my yeah. son wants to engage me every ten minutes in what he's reading. Mom, listen to this. Look what happened. Yeah. Can you believe this yeah. character? And look what she did. <laughs> So. It's great, isn't it, that they do that? It's quite—I mean, it's a bit of a challenge dealing with that because it's such a great thing to do mm, that. I love mm. that that they're sort of enthusiastic about sharing what they're reading. I don't want to step on it, mm. but at the same time, I want them to see that to sort of respect other people's reading time. Right? That it's, and if it's you're now you've now sort of jolted me out of whatever reverie yes. I was in. Right, right, and and that's often the case for me, and so I've. I've had to bring him into my own thought processes to say, look, I have as much a rich imagination as you have. Trust me, I am not just sitting here. I'm actually thinking, and this is what I've been thinking about, but you've now sort of thrusted me out of that situation to tell me about this character (laughs) that you're frustrated with. (laughs) 
So yeah. yes, it's it's really I, I learning. It's all that. about the heart. If you if you, I think it's fine to say those things. So yeah. To be a little bit, you know, chastising, but a little bit, yeah. um, you know, look for those. But I don't want you to do that. To be yeah. talked a bit, a bit negative, but it's all in the tone. I yeah. think if you, uh, you know, if you can bring them into your your own desire to have a little moment of quiet. Yeah. And I understand and I love your enthusiasm to share that. I want to hear it. But can we just see if we can manage 20 minutes without doing that? Yes. Can we see if we can do that? Because I think we would all really benefit yes. from 20 minutes just in quiet. So, yes, I do do that. I can't say that we've ever got to a point where this has been perfected, <laughs> you know, but it's a good goal yes. to have. Um, and I think that in itself, that mm-hmm. just having that goal is quite a positive thing. So, yeah. you know, I, I try to sort of make friends with imperfection yes. and not to be too frustrated because I think even even the goal is often just in itself is the, is a thing. Yes, to have indeed, yes. It, it's a scaffolding, isn't it, to keep you yeah, on, the, on, on the path. Um, yeah, Claire, yeah. oh, this has been such a rich conversation. We could keep talking, I'm sure, <laughs> for another hour. Um, yeah, okay. Thank you so much. Um, I cannot tell you how much um, this has blessed me just listening to you and listening to what you do at home with Lent. Um, I've learned a lot more than, than, than we'd, we've discussed in the past. Um, and I'm yeah. sure the listeners are going to benefit from this. Thank you for coming on to the show. And I really look forward to having you on here again to talk about yeah. books, to talk about hymn studies, um, um, yeah. art studies, and so much more. Uh, there, there is no you know limit to, to, to how much you can share on, on, on these topics. <laughs> So thank you once again. Thank um, you. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it, actually. I've really enjoyed <laughs> talking about these things. Yeah, it's been good. you for listening we hope you've enjoyed this episode if so we'd appreciate if you could take the time to subscribe share or write a review this would also help others who need to find the show find us quickly also if you would like to find out more about homegrown sunshine please check out the links in the show notes until next time keep nurturing your own sunshine